And boom, we're back for another episode of AlphaCast. I'm Mike Winter, and I'm here as always with Dr. Bear Paul Lando, the illumined cowboy wizard himself, (laughs) coming to you live from the beautiful, wonderful, uh, flowing azure waters of the Smith River up here on the border of California, Oregon, in the great state of Jefferson, where freedom still reigns supreme. So blessed. The sun is finally out. Spring is here. And man, I've got (laughs) mushrooms everywhere in my food forest bear from all the rain we had. And now the sun, it's really kind of fun. It's just like every kind of mushroom known to man. Um, Been getting it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's brilliant here. Uh, Just just amazing. Spring is sprung. Going to do some planting later today. We're going to see you. There goes my phone, of course, as soon as I start here. Sorry. Of course, we've had Let some grem- grem- <laughs> we've had some gremlins acting up this morning, and yeah. also, uh, so we're. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun this week. A week I've been in the garden a lot, uh, getting caught up on getting starts and everything going. And uh, man, I I'm not happier than anywhere else in my garden. I must say, it is my favorite place to be. Um, and yes. I know. So you, you go well. ahead and get into it. I know we have limited uh, yeah. time today, yeah. uh, but but thank you again for those uh, amazing opening accolades. <laughs> today we have, uh, oh, and real quick though, one thing we just did announce, uh, July 2nd, uh, we uh, will be uh, the premiere, the launch, or I guess, yeah, the, the premiere of our documentary part one series uh, with Iconic. Uh, still tentatively, we don't know the total title yet, but it is part one of the doc series that the Ikes are doing on, on Alpha Vedic is coming out. So that's mark your calendars. That is July 2nd. Very exciting. Um, we can talk about that more on future podcasts. Today we have um, Greg Paul. We were supposed to have two months ago on the show and um, we had to reschedule and I'll if he wants, I'll let him explain why, but uh, it wasn't anything uh, that he could control, really. Uh, very exciting for him and his life and his partner, uh, but we have him now, and it uh, couldn't be better timing as he is launching a big, big launch with the Sovereign's Way and a Q&A he's doing next week, next Wednesday, I believe, at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, the first ever public Q&A, so those who uh, follow Greg and uh, John Little and um, the Sovereign's Way, this is a big opportunity to uh, get in there and uh, ask your questions and get involved. And that uh, you can uh, join uh, by going to alphavedic.com forward slash law, alphavedic.com forward slash law. For those that aren't familiar with Greg, here we go. You're going to love this. Uh, Greg Paul, founder of the Sovereign's Way, joins AlphaCast to share his knowledge of law and the way to be free in the world. How would your life be different if you expressed your law for your own life and property? What benefits would you reap if you harmonized your law with the creator's law to bring forth peace and remedy to all controversy? Can you imagine your sense of empowerment and holding and enforcing your rights at law as one of mankind? Our very special guest, Greg Paul, has proved these principles in his own experience and blazed the trail for all with courage to follow. Greg walked away from a successful career as a housing developer, canceled every direct debit and standing order, and quit using money altogether. He lived over a year without using any money whatsoever and another six years without exchanging his energy for money in any way. Greg challenged everything he felt to be wrong with the system, both in and out of the UK court system. He took on power and water companies, banks for mortgage fraud, and reclaimed abandoned homes for the homeless. He had countless encounters with the local police force and proved time and time again that it is impossible to convict a man without his consent, where he is, uh, hasn't actually harmed anyone. 
Greg is the co-founder of the New Earth Project, the International Tribunal for Natural Justice, and other initiatives which sought to restore truth and justice to the world. A primary understanding gleaned from these earlier projects was how any initiative which empowered collectives rather than the individual man slash woman uh, were destined to become hives of that which they sought to eradicate. For nine years, he went on a journey in search of the knowledge of every law there is to discover the full depth of the framework of <clears throat> principles and laws that govern all life, the laws of the soul, the laws of love, the true law of attraction, and how the matrix actually works. He's since created the Sovereign's Way, where he shares knowledge of true law and how a man or woman can express their own law and rights forth into the world, the essence of which is how to remove the controversy from one's life to be truly free. Berlando, this is a big one today. Take it away. Yes, I've been looking forward to this. And uh, Greg, thank you so much for making time with us. And uh, wow, what a journey you've been on. You know, uh, here at Alpha Vedic, we're about, uh, I, I suppose you just say natural law and uh, through agriculture and medicine, which is our background, um, you know, those two endeavors really, uh, for me, illustrated natural law at its highest order. You know, it, it became apparent early on in my medical career that, you um, People were not suffering from disease or germ infections or, or that sort of thing. It was that we were straying from natural law. So I tried to model my practice in a way to get people back into alignment with that. And of course, in the process, I, uh, you know, got to learn what I needed to learn as well. Um, and, you, you know, it was actually through medicine that I got involved in legal land. Uh, because it became very apparent when I first started getting pieces of paper in the mail challenging me, uh, you know, by authorities, uh, it just was incongruous. Uh, you know, I was astounded that somebody could send me a piece of paper with words on it and then claim authority through that. And, and so that, uh, for me, launched many years of paper wars. And, uh, you know, a little bit into it, the light bulb started coming on and, and I realized that, well, I'm just fighting fiction with fiction. These pieces of paper aren't real, you know, mine included. Okay, I was rebutting assumptions. I get all that stuff. Sometimes they work, sometimes they didn't. But, uh, you know, it, it really allowed me to go back full circle and realize this is an inner spiritual journey. It's about, you know, really appreciating and discovering who I am. And then when I do get challenged by, you know, alleged authorities, the only question I have is, and who are you? <laughs> so, um, so uh, you know, I think the, the mistake in the legal world these days or the legal lawful realm, you know, just a lot of truth coming out, which is wonderful. But I think people are still leading too much with form, which means the paperwork, rather than really discovering who they are at their core, which, uh, you know, probably if you own it at that level, significantly, you won't even need the paperwork to begin with. But I, uh, you know, we want to hear your journey. Uh, talk about walking your talk. You, you, you did it. And I admire that uh, you're one of the heroes in my book. So please, we want to hear your story and just how you started uh, you know, actually going without any kind of monetary species for a long time, actually. So thanks again for being here. And maybe if you could just start out there. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Ben. Um, this is the first time we're, we're meeting or chatting. I've known Mike for a long time. So it's uh, really nice to see him meet you. You remind me of um, actually the only man that I've ever met. Um, the only man that I was, I was always looking for someone that would be a, um, you know, 
a mentor, worthy of actually being a mentor. And generally, most of the things I've learned and discovered have been by my, by my own discovery. Found that anything I got in books was not really on the money. It was useful, some of it, but most of it I just had to unlearn and throw out. Um, and so one day, I think it was probably about five years ago, um, I finally met a man, the first clean, balanced man I'd ever come across that I thought, <laughs> wow, that's, that's, um, that's a model for, for a man. And uh, you do, you rem- it doesn't speak a word of English, um, but, um, but you remind me of him a lot. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I guess what you said to, you asked about um, life without money and uh, those, those experiences. For me, I wanted to know what, how, what the rule book for life was. Um, there was the thing that drove me, really. I could see that um, it was logical to me that if you wanted to know how to play a game, you wanted to know how to play a game of um, Monopoly or any other game that we were going to play poker, we would learn the rules of that game before, we, before I tried to play it. Otherwise, I'm going to get beat. Uh, and I also could see that the, the man and woman who tried to teach me their idea of what the rules were for life um, were not very clear on what that rule book was. So, um, so I wanted to figure out what it was. And um, I, f- I figured the only way you could do it is by, by getting stuck in and coming up with hypotheses and testing them. What feels logical and true? What feels like loving? what feels correct and in harmony with the creator's law. Um, and so that's what I did. I had lots of um, hypotheses, you could say. Um, like the one, like, um, like what is it that gives one man power? You were talking about um, power. And I, so I had this, this question that was driving, what is it that gives one man power over another? And I was, and my hypothesis was there isn't anything except my own, my own, agreement my own but I needed to put I needed to realize that and live it by my own experience um, so I, I figured that if I could um, if I could master the art of asking questions and because the one that's usually asking questions is the one in charge that this was another hypothesis I had if I could master the art of asking questions I would be um, I would never give away power to anyone else because I would remain with the humility of a, a child asking humbly to discover what's true. Uh, so that's what I did with whenever I was um, engaging with any situation that would be like an authority figure, so to speak, who's asked questions. And what I found was that because they all went to the same schools that we did and um, got, well, they may have been taught in their later life to ask questions and that's how you you maintain control they also got taught that they get a pat on the back and a badge or whatever if they get questions right if they answer one right so i found very quickly that with almost anyone you could within five questions you could ask a question and they would be pulled to answer it and within 10 15 questions they would be um, the only ones answering and you would be the only one asking and by that time in the in the dance of the situation, you are essentially like the Pied Piper that could conclude the situation any way they wanted. And so I found this to be a a very empowering thing to learn and discover was that essentially um, 
there is no one beyond ourselves that is capable of uh, wielding any control or power over us. And it is all by our own agreement and consent. And in the two years or so that I was actively really going out everywhere, just like um, doing anything and everything I could to, um, to do what I felt was right. This, that process kind of solidified itself in me. Um, and so it wasn't, there wasn't a complete picture though. You know, it was almost like, um, the way to not be, it's almost like I'd stepped away from reality and life, stepped away from the monetary system, stepped away from the things, but it was almost like a, um, in a lot of ways, like a non-life. It was very rich, but I was, I'd, what I'd actually done was turn my back on um, a lot of the responsibilities and, and things and the things that I had created in the world. So um, whilst it was certainly true that it was a act of a moral act to not be complicit with fraudulent transactions and fraudulent concealment and other things that caused me to stop paying mortgages and all these other kinds of things. There was also a part of me in there that didn't want to take, now that I'd realized how all these things worked and the system for what it was that just wanted out and didn't want to take responsibility for my creations. And so I could say really that a huge part of that, the subsequent journey was me becoming humble to the, or life forcing me to become humble actually, to the, the consequences of my actions and the res take responsibility for the things I'd created. Um, because while I had this, this thirst and dis desire to discover what was true, when I, didn't understand that actually a lot of the motives we have in life for the actions we take are actually to avoid our fears or other emotions rather than to just the loving motives we think we have. So um, I didn't really realize this. So that desire to, to know what's true also um, created a lot of things in my wake. I created a lot of almost mess you could say doing that uh, because my motives were partially pure and partially colored by, by, um, by things I didn't want to look at in myself, feelings I didn't want to look at. And it took a, a relationship breakdown, marriage relationship of like 10, 11 years from when that ended for me to have to look at it and say, what, what did I do? How did I do that? How did I stay there? What did, how did that happen? And then that led to then look at the motives for everything. And so that's really then set the foundation for what I share now through the sovereign's way. Um, I mean, there's a lot about, we share a lot about notice writing and practical things that people can do to, to peacefully address their work, their outer world. But the, that big, the biggest lesson for me in all of that was um, to be very humble to the motive that we have for the things that we do and to not act from that, that from anything that we're doing from a, a that's motivated by a repressed emotion, whether it's fear, terror, shame, 
grief, whatever it is that we're not acknowledging, that we, that we then go and create, we add to our own like individual and collective karma of the planet. And when I, when I saw this, that actually you could just, as long as you were going to apply the knowledge of what was true in harmony with love, and that meant not some airy-fairy idea of what love is, but what it actually is, and looking at what's true and not in avoidance of anything, that you could then apply all of these things like very systematically to resolve, to, to clear up your individual and planetary karma in a very non-spiritual practical way. Um, and that was, um, yeah, I guess it's only really all came together for me a, a couple of years ago when uh, maybe two and a half years ago. And since then, that's been, that was, that's been how it's been. And it, it really does go in both directions. It's, it's true that, um, you know, sovereignty is an individual journey, but we are also at the same time building a healthy collective. And things started shifting for me a little bit in the paperwork game when um, I started looking at different agencies and people that I, you know, took to task, uh, you know, specifically with my paperwork and not so much adversarial, but as a partner in a very dysfunctional relationship. And with that, uh, you know, uh, again, rather than looking at them as the enemy, just like, no, this is going to set both of us free. And of course, they have the choice to take it or leave it. And, uh, you know, of course, they also have their job uh, description around that and, and, and a lot at stake. But, you know, so do people like ourselves that stick our necks out and actually challenge agencies and so forth. But, um, you know, it really was, uh, you know, kind of pivotal. And I just bring that up because you're talking about relationships. And even though, um, you know, we're talking about, again, ourselves as individuals, you know, we're, we're trying to build a healthy collective here. And uh, so I think it's really an important journey each of us can uh, take, uh, you know, towards that aim as far as healing the collective at the same time. Yeah, it's all relationship. Everything about this is about relationship. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, one of the, um, I tend not to give advice, but if I was going to give one piece of advice to people, it would be not to try and address the external things with agencies and other um, the likes, while you are still able to look at your home life and see if you're still stuck in a nasty little narcissist codependent dynamic, whichever side you might be of that, uh, and you haven't cracked that yet, then maybe just look at that and take the steps you need to, to address that. Because if you can't do that, then your chances of being able to address something uh, outside is also likely, it's, it's gonna, it's the same, you know? And you'll find that when you do address that, you have more wisdom and the, the ability to see the other things for what they really are. It's very difficult to correct or bring balance and peace to a situation when you can't see the facts in reality of what it actually is. So when you deal with something in terms of um, an agency, as you said before, the, the fact is that there is no agency in reality there's only those of mankind who may at times act as agents with government titles or for some other corporation and who may or may not 
mm, trespass by way of barratry, of enforcing an administrative procedure upon a man or woman, or you need to be able to see the physical reality of what's actually happening so that we don't empower the fictions and forms and constructs anymore. And it's very difficult to do that if we're still pulled emotionally and have the, like addictions and attachments with just the people around us. If you, you know, the, the two kind of correlate. So it's like a big part of what we do with everyone that comes through the course is say, well, you know, yeah, here's the, here's the knowledge to remove controversy, apply it inside and outside the home, but like just deal with what's going on inside and your closest relationships first and everything else will start to, to shift. And it's pretty easy to see that uh, these entities really don't exist. You know, one of our old tactics in the past was if we were uh, challenged in, in a, a jurisprudence uh, uh, kind of arena, we'd, we'd say, well, you know, I need to face my accuser. And of course, uh, it was always the state. And then we'd say, well, okay, let's, let's, let's get the state up here on the stand. <laughs> of course they can't. And then they play the whole game as far as agents for the state. You know, it doesn't exist. It's all, it's all absolutely fake. So uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Greg, one thing that I really love about what you guys are doing over there uh, is you're going into that internal kind of the law is so much more than notices and um, dealing with, as you say, agents, it's about dealing with ourselves and the law really is who we are, right? In our interpersonal relationships, but even our relationship with our higher self, with our consciousness, with who we are as a living man or woman. Um, module two is pretty intense, that alone, like you saying it, could you could spend years on. Um, and I'd love to reflect a little bit on that because as you were just mentioning that, I think people right now are so concerned with um, all of this new knowledge about lawful versus legal. And I think it is externalizing too much. What do you feel is sort of maybe a, a great step-by-step -step procedure to, to do what you're saying there about cleaning up your, your house? And um, besides obviously taking your course, but maybe a couple little pointers there to help people that are new to this understand what we're talking about. Yeah, well, um... I could essentially boil down the entire path, the way home, to, to balance and heal everything into to, um, six words. Um, speak what's true, feel everything, and move. And if you do those three things, uh, one will always lead to the other. You tell that you speak the truth, it will always, you will always be confronted in your reality by more things that trigger your uh, emotions. If you allow yourself to feel those without acting from them, you will, um, and, and you take action in the world, you move, you keep moving, you don't stay still and, and stuck, you will keep on moving. You will keep finding more stuff to feel and tell the truth about, and it's cyclical, and you, it, it never ends until you find yourself home. So, um, so that's it, really. The, the rest, I mean, there's, there's lots of other, other things, uh, of course. Um, it, it really is, has been an important part of my journey to see, to, to become very conscious of words and language and to see what words and language 
those of mankind who do use fictitious entities and forms um, with the intent to deceive others of mankind um, or to understand the language that, that they do use so that you don't end up using it or falling um, falling prey to it yourself. One of the first words that people come become conscious of uh, when they start discovering about uh, law is to understand, right? Don't want to stand under anything. So they stop using that word entirely. Um, and so it's, it's important to see the words that the system does use, uh, that those of mankind who would intend to create some or wield some kind of force or authority over you do use. At the same time, once you get it, you can completely reclaim that your, your, the, these words don't become uh, something you fear anymore. I absolutely understand everything that comes out of my mouth. I understand um, the law that I set forth and speak for my own life and property. And I understand God's law. And I'm happy to stand under those things and take responsibility for those things, for myself in relation to those things. Um, so I found that it's not about just turning your back on the things that um, you found the system does and uses. It's to actually align with them in a, in a loving way, not turn your back, not run away, stand and face it and feel and, and learn. Uh, you're muted, Bear. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was just saying that we do have a sophisticated audience, and I believe we're all on the same wavelength with you. But uh, there's always a few newbies in the crowd, especially when we're on YouTube here. Uh, what would you say to the people that would challenge uh, our right to maybe... Um, you know, uh, say that, well, I really don't own that loan. There is no money. And, you know, they would uh, suggest that maybe we're creating chaos in the world by not fulfilling our obligations. And, uh, you know, of course, it's, it's a long journey to realize that that's all fraudulent in the first place and everything. But uh, it's really hard for uh, some people out there still to fathom, uh, you know, making their own law and, you uh, and, and, you know, walking away or at least uh, walking away, um, you know, in a, in a proper constructive way from, from all the fiction. So uh, what do we say to these people that are just starting their journey? Well, um, first of all, given the path I did take and what I did learn and discover, <clears throat> I do not advocate anyone to try to get out of anything. So a lot of the questions people ask is how can I get out of paying income tax? How can I um, deal, how can I get out of my mortgage as a sovereign man or whatever it is? And they say, you can't, can't do that. If you choose to take the benefit of being an employee and earning income, then you're gonna pay income tax. If you wanna take responsibility for yourself as a man, if you wanna create companies and have limited liability and hide behind the corporate veil and live in that kind of fear-based, way um then you know companies pay tax and so will you and no one ought to be trying to have their cake and eat it too 
if you took when you took out a loan, you had the intent that you were going to take that and receive some value from it, and you probably bought the car or the house or the thing or whatever you wanted, and you got that thing. And at the time that you signed that loan, you were also happy to pay back twelve thousand dollars for the ten thousand dollars because you were happy to you you you're happy with that agreement. Um, so at the same time, I do not advocate at all that people walk away from their responsibilities and the things that they have taken on. At the same time, perhaps that um, loan that was made was made via, um, there was fraudulent concealment involved. And so that as a, as a honest man is something that you'd want to address. So I'm not saying what someone should or shouldn't do. And can you use your, your, um, can you use your knowledge of the law to um, wipe out a debt where there has been a wrong under law, i.e. someone has concealed something or otherwise, then yes. But I'm, I would I encourage people to not rush into doing it without looking at the emotions that are inside themselves around why they want to do it and without looking at the responsibility aspect of it. Because if you do, um, you'll just create something else bigger or more messy uh, or something else will come to you as an attraction to make you look at what you didn't deal with before. Because when you don't deal with something inside yourself or the reason or the imbalance in you that was the reason why you didn't have the money in the first place and you needed to, to borrow something, there was, there was emotional reasons why in the first place you went and got a loan. And if you go wiping out the debt without looking at those reasons at the same time, and dealing with them properly so that you don't go and do the same thing again, then you're going to make a bigger mess. Uh, and that's the law. That's the overarching principles of law. And they will. There's nothing you can do to avoid them. So uh, I feel like a whole holistic view of the situation is important. So it's different for every man and woman because we all have a different emotional constitution, a different set of emotional injuries that create who we are as separate from already being in an angelic condition. So the answer is different to every man and woman. And it also means understanding what your true source is. Uh, you know, there's a, in some uh, segments of the legal realm there, there are people that are going after their accounts, you know, they're, their birth trust accounts and so forth and just trying to get money and and uh you know again it's just falling uh back in the same trap so what you're saying is uh brilliant because um it's it's all about going back to yourself it's the only thing we can change i think there's a there's a morality issue also involved you know as far as um i think the for myself the most immoral thing is enslavement and, uh, you know, when we find out that we are, in fact, enslaved, not by others, but by our own minds and our emotions, as you aptly state, 
uh, you know, then that's our, I think our first responsibility of coming back into morality. And it's really none of my business. I don't think if different people working in capacities are using that as a weapon or, um, you know, how the whole system is devised, but I can't change them, but I can change myself. So I think I think, I think I hear you saying that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm saying basically that we can change ourselves and we can also mm -hmm. thereby change what we're actually in attraction to uh, in the first place. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we are not turning people away from the clear and present reality of what's going on around them and asking to, to pose the question as to what is, the, what, is, what is moral right now? Is it to support um, this errant system? by the means of um, taxation and other things that are going on. So when, in order to actually be moral in this world, one certainly has to confront by their actions, will end up confronting a lot of the things that they're afraid of. Um, I'm not suggesting people make this entirely internal and forego that because that's the important part is by actually acting by what's correct and true in the world. Um, at some point in time, like when you get this clear within yourself, you're not going to create situations where mm, those of mankind who would act as agents with fictitious titles would want to come to your door or property to enforce an administrative procedure because you will already have removed the controversy from any and everything before it got to that point. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't know how to do it. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to see those of mankind within your soul, those of mankind who do do that um, as, um, as what they are. And doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to express and uphold your own law for your own property that says, well, well, what we consider on this property that um, the enforcement of administrative procedure without the consent of a man is barratory. And we consider that to be trespass here. And we consider we, we consider that the, um, the penalty for trespass is, is X amount and to uphold that position in your law for your property. When you do it, it doesn't, the situations that arise that would make you need to do that. But it's almost like, um, yeah, when you learn how to, well, it's like when you, you learn martial arts because people are beating you up. You learn martial arts and no one, no one comes and beats you up anymore because no one wants to fight you anymore. So, um, so it's a good thing to learn. <laughs> that was the exact analogy I was just going to bring up, martial arts. <laughs> you read my mind. Um, because as you mentioned at the beginning here, um, when you went through that process where you kind of left everything, you know, without work, using money and you went kind of in that monk capacity, right? Where monks, they go up in the mountains and hide and just get very spiritual. But you're not then a man anymore. You're now taking on the title of a monk, right? And so what we're talking about here is being a man or a woman and how we're, you know, how, what our divine right is in what that means by living the way, right? Um, and it is such a beautiful, beautiful process when we start to really realize this, because as you say, Greg, all the controversy, um, that's what we're we're getting out of our lives and we're, we're seeking remedy with every time to be in honor as much as we can with our fellow men and women and life. If people can just start to see this, imagine the world would be in, it would be 
heaven on earth. Um, I do have some, there's one thing that comes up a lot in the, our community, which is as people are waking up to this, they're, they're saying, well, I didn't choose this. I didn't choose to have a birth certificate and be put in this system, in this quote unquote slave system. And you guys do a great job at kind of explaining this. Could you go a little bit into that? And I just have kind of a deeper idea too. And this kind of gets into reincarnation. Um, maybe the way the rules of the realm work is that because of this immorality and this childlike behavior we've had over lifetimes, that the realm puts us in this specifically so that we can start to figure out what it means to be an actual adult and to be a real man or woman. But what do you say to that, Greg, when people say, well, I never chose this. Um, so now that I'm waking up to this, don't I deserve to have some remedy and to have some compensation and to go to my TDA account and pull out funds to resolve these debts that I was put into without my free will acceptance? Okay, so... I'm going to totally come back to that question because there's something you said before it that I think is like the most important thing. And it was um, that it was about safety and what people are actually looking for in this whole, whole journey. And I mean, that's what, that's what a lot of it's about. Right. And I tell you that probably the most, um, most important law secret you could say that uh, I've discovered on this, this journey is that the only place where there is safety is when you are living and exercising your passions and desires fearlessly without, or without, um, without paying any mind to your, your fears or other emotions. And so all of the other things that it kind of leads on to the, the question you're asking is that all of the other things that we're trying to do variously like claiming one's birth bond or accessing one's birth bond or becoming a sovereign citizen or any other uh, becoming a freeman on the land or um you know a state national or any of these things are trying to essentially run away from our fears we're trying to find some safety in a in a world that's gone mad and that's not the place you find it the only, the only thing you find there is more fear when you go down that route. And you maybe even have some limited success with one of those things. So it creates the illusion of a, of a protection. But all that happens in doing that is that you've just delayed the loving action of the laws in helping you like heal and grow and find your way home. And this is what, what most of us are doing with our lives is trying to avoid what the law is constantly like is, is the most beautiful system of law. We cover this as what week two is in the course, right? right? Um, and when you understand it and see it and see that actually every law is working with you to try and just help wash you clean. And if you can just allow that and roll with it and lean into it and move in the direction and of your passions and desires, then the rest of it flows, um, flows really very well. So, um, so if you have some emotions around you not being brought into this and, you know, you didn't choose it. And so I should have the right to access this. There's, there's some emotions there about entitlement. I would say that anyone that has that kind of thing has some entitlement issues. And if they, the best thing you could do for your own life there is to look at why it is that you feel enti entitled to things rather than to, to um 
to actually just take responsibility for your own place. Um, and if that upsets someone, then, well, I would say again to look at the upset and why it would upset you, because if it wasn't true, it wouldn't upset you. And so in behind all of these actual feelings is, is your liberation. And I'm saying, look at those and not be, you know, not be Ramana Maharshi and Buddha and go and sit on a mountain and like contemplate your way out of your existence, but actually own it. Own yourself as a soul walking through the earth. Face everything. Stare it down, deal with it, and love it to death. Hmm. So, Greg, you, uh, you would say we don't live on a, pres- a prison planet. No. <laughs> no, I would say we don't live on a prison planet. That's uh, one of the things I think a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their head around um, is how does this all work? How do we have this beautiful system set up when it seems like um, it, it, the world isn't working like that right now? Well, it depends on where you, where your points of perception, reality and, and, and awareness is in, in life. You know, the fact is that you, you, the structure of you as a being is that you are a soul and you have a series of spirit bodies and a physical body uh, and, you know, a mind that functions within those spirit bodies. And we're variously identified with the different layers and levels of that, those data gathering machines, not ourselves as a soul, but, but actually the, the, the bodies that we have and the, the mind and these kinds of things. And so if we can, the, the construct, the prison planet, the, the, the laws by mankind, um, they, they only govern one layer <laughs> uh, and it's a very thin layer. And um, if you're trapped in that, then it's just a, a, a matter of, not seeing who you really are and not dealing with bringing resolution at the soul level to things as well. You know, we talk about removing controversy and bringing forth peace and remedy for everything. So at the level of, at the physical level, that means me practically addressing, um, you know, offering remedy where I have done a wrong or someone believes I've done a wrong um, and requiring remedy where the opposite is the case at the soul level that means like forgiving someone their trespass against me and, and repenting my trespasses against others and that by actually clearing the emotions behind it not by making that a choice to do it but actually feeling about those things that happened and releasing the consequences of them on the soul if you do all of these things and face everything then there's it's a very quick path home. It's not arduous. It doesn't take lifetimes. But we don't have to. We could, we could get onto reincarnation, but um, I, I don't know if it's a good idea. <laughs> well, inner, you know, if we just look at it on a pure energetic level, it's, it's fairly intuitive. Uh, you know, going back to the martial arts again, you, you know, if you're in combat, you do not match that person's energy that's attacking you or afraid of you or, or angry. Um, you know, you stay in, in that neutral zone. So just like with the legal processes, when you understand that any system of control is fear-based, I mean, why else would 
any kind of collective try to control another group of people. It's out of fear. So even if we're doing all these intelligent pieces of paperwork, this was my conclusion after a long time, uh, as you're saying perfectly, it's all based on fear. It's trying to protect ourselves because we're afraid. And now we're just channeling their energy and amplifying our own fear. So um, it works like that with uh, just about every facet of life. And, and uh, yeah, forgiveness, of course, is going into that, that frequency, um, you know, that state of love, which immediately transcends that. And at that moment, you're home free. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, there's this, there's this other idea that we talk about a lot, which is, uh, you know, building the parallel society, the private society. Um, are we a little off there, Greg, uh, in terms of that thinking? And because and, that seems to be fear-based a bit and separative and not engaging with society. What is your kind of strategy and belief there? I just got done with it. And, you know, I was a couple of weeks ago at an amazing symposium about this, you know, this private society symposium. And I, there's a lot of value to that. And I don't really believe in, and I know Bear too, we talk about not going out and fighting the system, of course, right? And going out and protesting and all that. Um, however, what is your take on that and um, moving forward uh, towards a better remedy for us as a society, as a community, as a, as a collective? Okay. So, um, It's very simple, actually. The the new system, i.e. the one that um, everyone uh, will live by when the process of healing the earth is over, it already exists, it already functions, and it has done for a very long time. And... Um, it requires us all essentially to, to just live as souls. And there is a whole very profound and precise set of principles that govern the use of free will, which is essentially what determines the fact that we're souls. And what we see playing out in the world right now and all the systems that we have are a mirror and consequence of the fact that we don't understand and are out of alignment harmony with we've broken the laws of the soul and the laws of free will um, and when we bring forth peace and remedy to that completely within our lives we will not need any kind of a system for any interaction between and with anyone else who has done the same and so the more of us that complete that process of healing there is no system. And then systems only become used where we of mankind who have done that need to interact with others of mankind who have not. Or to help those of mankind who are on a path to doing that, to move away from their fictional um, chains and get some space while they go through that process. But to be understood that none of them, they are all like fleeting and should be treated as that, as like bus stops on the path to the real system, which 
which has no no need for the constructs that we're creating at the moment. If that mm. makes sense. So creating parallel systems isn't really trying to create separation or flee. It's just stating our own law. Would you say that's what it is? Yes. Um, but I would, I would say, I would say that if anyone is creating a parallel system and not seeing that it is for the purpose of supporting a transition only, uh, and they think that it's going to have some lasting place, then there's something off in the motive with that. So there is some like fear-based motive in it, or there is something, some lack of like some stuckness in where they would be at. Mm -hmm. So it's a great and, thing and I, creating mm -hmm. these new systems, yeah. but, they, but they are transitional. They are to help us through this phase at best. And then mm -hmm. for us to actually return to the garden the, properly, they, they've all got mm -hmm. to go. Yeah. And that's what I refer to when I say system, which is the wrong word. It's just creating your own farmstead uh, within communities of people that are doing the same. And, and to me, that's a system because you're, you're, uh, you know, based in nature and you're in a cooperative uh, situation, but uh, really no systemic sort of organization. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thing is, so what we have is like the correct way that things would happen, like you're describing that when we are, clean and clear and just engaging as souls in the garden, which just happens. Yeah. At the moment though, people are in a transition to get there. So they're making that a think and doing it and creating. And so like it then becomes something that I am doing. And we usually then create systems around that. And so the community becomes like a thing in our heads rather than being, you know, it's more a, a noun than a verb so in like the real world community is a verb it's something that's living and is in action in the fictional world of systems it's a thing that we've created and we live within the things they all got to go the actions are flow of life and they'll they'll remain so it's like um that's how that's how i i, I see it will be when all is said and done yeah yeah one thing that i People ask, ask me a lot because I work in crypto and decentralized systems and trying to reimagine what money can be. And obviously what you're saying is here in the future, we're, we won't need money. We won't need species of any kind to transact with because we'll be so um, with working within God's law that it'll just be an exchange of an exchange, uh, an exchange, almost like a bartering of energy in a way, but through honor. And because you understand you're staying away from controversy and you're, you're an honorable person, um, and will be flowing through the law of attraction with so much abundance and prosperity, I guess too, right. That we won't need to have the fear of, of the lack of trust in our, in our neighbors uh, to need that transactional currency because the currency, the currents of exchange will just be flowing naturally. Is that right? I mean, this is really always blows my mind when we start to talk about the, this future where we won't need money. Well, it's, it's, I mean, there's a, there's a potential future that for anyone has a choice of what kind of future they want. And maybe that future has them wanting to hold on to their 
their things and their ability to be able to to keep count and and um, an exchange, as you put it, in the in the future that I will live in and that I'm creating for myself, there isn't that money. There also isn't any exchange. But the thing is, before that reality can happen, everyone that's in my immediate reality and I and everyone in my immediate reality needs to have dealt with all of their emotions around abundance, around entitlement, around um, anything that influences their relationship with, with money and be clean and clear of all of those. And then we can all just do what we love and, and we will naturally be giving that to everyone who is grateful to receive it. And through that kind of flow, there is the ability to create much more abundance than we can have when there's any kind of a medium of exchange, which is really limiting the, mm, the potential of the collective to create. Is that, a, is that a world without possession as well? Uh, this is starting to, it's funny because we can spiral right off and do a hippie commune vibe, but I know that's not what you're saying. No, I'm not saying um that at all and it's like it almost it almost doesn't necessarily serve as a discussion because we try to then because when the emotions are gone from the soul it's just known and felt how that is but until they are we then intellectualize it as oh what will that be like and i'll imagine this and it's almost like not helpful because then we create a construct around the idea of what this future might look like um the best thing to do is to focus on what is actually present right now and resolve it and then each extra layer and level of reality becomes known as we go through it and boy, it sure does get easier when you reconnect to nature because it puts everything in perspective and puts you back in touch with source. So uh, we see that happening a lot in our own community where a lot of us are just getting all this, you know, getting the same idea at the same time and, and doing our own thing, but, uh, you know, working together at the same time. So how is it on your side of the pond? Do you see... Um, a great resurgence of just going back to natural law? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Not at all. Um, I see, um, I guess there are people and pockets, but they don't shout about it. Mm -hmm. um, what I actually see is an awful lot of people who are going deeper into the... Um, their, their lost self and maybe a lot of people are not gonna um not gonna make that choice while they're alive this and like live right here um yeah it's difficult to know and see who who will um what's going to happen over the next 10 years actually because it's all it's it's not set and it's not clear at the moment the mass of mankind has chosen and exercised their free will in the, in the path of ignorance and chosen to consolidate that ignorance by means of medical interventions and other things, make it much harder for them to ever get out. So, you know, the, that totalitarian um, now stride towards uh, um, consolidated police state 
is there's a real potential reality here on earth for a number of people um, so but at the same time at the same time there's a lot of beauty and a lot of people that are waking up um, so for me it it all hinges on how many on on how many people actually just get what the law is and how to align themselves with it so they can start living in harmony and cleaning up the planetary mass. Um, so that's why, why I'm here, really. I take great heart because uh, we're no longer restricted by national boundaries and geography. Here we are talking to you today. You're a, a continent away, and uh, we have a very international community. So, um, you know, the... the um, this realm has become really united in that respect. And a lot of things uh, in, you know, decades ago that some of us went through just to find out information that you're sharing freely uh, on the internet right now that anybody can find, you know, we had to really go at great lengths and risk just to, uh, you know, have meetings and talk about this, these sorts of things and test out our theories in real live situations and sometimes not come out alive. So, uh, I, I, for one, think that uh, we are making progress. Just wanted to comment on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I really do feel and, and see that from, from the soul level of things right now, there's nothing, mm -hmm. um, there's nothing that can ultimately go wrong. Um, mm -hmm. It's not. We might, we're forcing ourselves into a reflection to make us change our ways um, mm -hmm. and we may have to force ourselves quite a long way yeah still a lot of people may but that's what's happening it's like the law is trying to bring everyone home right now yeah. and i think world um world events are doing nothing more than bringing us to that near-death experience which hopefully will uh, make light bulbs come on and uh and a whole bunch more folks real quick. Now, um, I know you have uh, a young one there to attend to, and uh, you know we're coming up on some time here. So uh, any final topics or comments that you'd like to make would be welcome. Oh, well. Um, only to only to share about what we've we've we're doing next week, I suppose. Um, I think I've, I think I've said a lot of the, um, the things that I would want to, to, to say this evening. And, um, you know, what we're interested in doing is sharing knowledge of the law to help people get home. Um, I think that's quite clear already. And so what we've found, um, is the best way to do that is to run groups like and study material together so we found that the most effective way for people to um to integrate that material um, and to, to not fall off if you like as they, they go through the process of doing that is to do it together and so we've we run that course in groups and after next week we're going to open up for enrollment for a week for, for the next group and so we'd expect, you know, a, a lot of men and women to to join doing that. It has been um, over a thousand people 
in the past that join and do that together. And it's a profound experience. And this time around, we're actually doing much even more like community oriented stuff around that. What we're doing in order to just like kind of help people towards that. And also just because for a lot of people, what they need right now is just a few pointers um, or to have a couple of myths dispelled, a couple of the points where they're stuck with things at the moment. So what we want to do is put on a, or we are doing, is putting on a free live Q&A event where John and I will answer the most important questions to the group that's there. We be using the system that we use for our own internal Q&As where people put their questions and then vote on each other's questions to see which are most important. So we're going to be going through those and then we're going to address really the four biggest keys that we discovered. Um, the biggest misnomers and a few other things that, that helped us like just make some shifts on our own journey. Um, and then introduce a little bit more about the, the the course as well there. So so that's taking place next Wednesday, the 25th, at um, yeah, 11 Pacific time, as you said mm -hmm. earlier, Mike. Yep. So, so, yeah, I would just like to encourage people to come and join us there. It's free. Um, and it'll be about two hours of your life. And hopefully something profound or transformative may may happen for you an amazing two hours well uh, worth your time i will do everything i can to be there i love the dynamic between yourself and john too you guys play off each other very well john's a more, little bit more of a fiery personality <laughs> but he is uh he you know what i love about him is he, while he really comes at the paperwork in a powerful way, you can feel his soul also has done all the work and the way he, he approaches it like you. So it's, it's very cool. You guys have a great thing going on there. And I highly recommend everybody, please join that Q&A that you can access at alphavedic.com forward slash law. And that'll take you there to sign up. And then um, if that resonates with you, join in on the course. Um, what's cool about that, Greg, is you guys, you guys take everybody through So You do Q and A's, you help with the first, of course, the uh, focusing on the, the um, substance aspect, right? And then the function and then into the form. It's a really beautiful pathway you take people through. Uh, and uh, any, any recent success stories you'd like to share of anybody who's gone through the course that's found remedy or just had profound effects on their lives? Well, yeah, I mean, we've got quite a lot of people um, that uh, have been could give and do give 15, 20 success stories from their own life um, about how they've applied it. Um, but what I try not to do is share people's private um, stories in the public. Um, when people do come on, so we are in the public now, when we're at the Q&A next week, it's not a public Q&A, it's private. Uh, when you come into, before you get into that webinar, you will be asked to sign a notice to acknowledge that you know that it is private and that you attend as man or woman only. So we will declare and share some stories and other things, that, um, things that are private with uh, those in mankind who attend and are private there. There are success, success I, I guess I'm not supposed to use that word either, just uh, 
uh, um, there are wonderful, enlightening, and harmoniously uplifting um, testimonials on your site, though, of, of yeah. people yeah, who, have, yeah. who have, uh, you know, agreed to go in the public and share. So I highly recommend people checking that out. Uh, for me, pro profound effect on me, it really helped me see um, really who I am in a, in a much more um, realistic way, <laughs> like, oh, wow, I got a lot of work to do on my addictions and on the way I cope with my own fears. And uh, it's really, I'm going through it again, Greg, I just started again, I'm on uh, uh, week four. So, um, and it's, and, and I am applying it a lot to what we're doing with Cordal. And um, with Cordal, by the way, as I was telling you, Greg, most of our developers bear, uh, and I, this wasn't me doing it, this was just random, they had taken the Law for Mankind course. Our, some of our core developers, um, and they're in, uh, well, I don't want to say where they're at, but they're in, let's just say they're on the other side of the pond, and they knew about you already, and they've taken it. And that shows how, how much reach you guys are getting. Uh, and also, we, I'm going to start using community as a verb. We are communitying it like this is it's a worldwide thing happening right now. So um, with using stuff like Cordal and people coming on the Alpha Beta community and the Law for Mankind community, and we have these communities that are connecting. And uh, I think we're going through the greatest transition we've seen in known history since the, the last reset, if you want, <laughs> if you believe in those. So um, very exciting times. Uh, any any final last word for um, our community? as we sign off here, Greg. Tell the truth, feel everything, move. Beautiful, beautiful. Love you, man. Thanks for taking time today and we'll let you get back to, uh, to your duties and your obligations. <laughs> as a <laughs> as a father um so yeah, uh, and greg thank you uh thank you once again for myself too it's uh really a pleasure to get to know you and uh i know we'll be talking more in the future uh, th thanks Pat. thanks mike yeah we gotta do we gotta really do this enjoy. again for sure and you have an open invitation to come visit us here in the great state of jefferson whenever you like oh so, i would love that yeah come play come play with us. Okay, guys, uh, a bit of shorter ones this week, but very profound, packed with information. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please give us a thumbs up, share with your friends and family. It really helps us out. Uh, get this word out. And please go to alphabetic.com forward slash law to join the live Q&A next week at uh, 11 o'clock Pacific Standard Time or Pacific Time. Love you all. Remember to get outside, get your feet in the dirt, uh, go plant something. I'm going back out to the garden and bear. I'll see you shortly. Um, coming out to yeah, the farm. Yeah, you're coming over. Yep, yep. Right on. Yep. And July 2nd, um, our doc documentary part one coming out on Iconic. We've been uh, having a wonderful experience working with the Ikes. No, they're not controlled opposition. They're not Luciferians. They're they're doing, they're living their way. Love you all. <laughs> but you. we are reptilians. <laughs> yes. And I am a 66 degree Mason. Making the signs. Okay. Later.